Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is Friday, September the 3rd edition of the show. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And we have got some football to talk about. There's all kind of stuff happening in the world of college football outside of the games. And we're actually going to pick a few games as well. We're going to do a little pick them towards the end here. But uh, but we got things to talk about. So let's go ahead and do the rundown and get into it. WinningCuresEverything.com. That is the website. Go and check it out. Everywhere that you need to be subscribed, every show that we do, every appearance that we make, etc., is going to be posted over there. So you can go find it at WinningCuresEverything.com. If you have not already subscribed to the YouTube or to the podcast, do us that favor. Go ahead and hit subscribe. Leave whatever review, comment, etc. you can. Uh, if you're on Apple Podcasts, that's the easiest way to leave a review for the podcast. And you can do a five-star written review. We would certainly appreciate that. It helps get the word out and get us in front of other people. And if we're going to build an empire, we certainly need help with it. So go ahead and knock that out for us. The show is brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. And you can use the promo code NCAAF2021. And they're going to give you a 125% sign-up bonus up to $2,500. That means more than $5,000 is what you'll end up with in your bank account if you put $2,500 in. So let me go ahead and, uh, and tell you to do that. Click the link in the description below, and you won't even have to remember the promo code because it's going to automatically enter it for you. But if you want to remember it, if you're on the podcast, if you're just searching on your phone, whatever, NCAAF 2021, go ahead and check that out. I host the college football show for BetUS. Chris hosts the college football show for Sportsbook Review. You can find his over at sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF, or you can just find the link in the description for both of them. Very easy to do. We try and make things simple around here, Chris, you know? That's right. Like We just try and make it easy for everybody. So go ahead and check those out. Make sure you are subscribed to both. Now let's dive into some topics for today. College football playoff expansion has stalled. The headline from Dennis Dodd over at CBS Sports, college football playoff expansion stalls amid jealousy, distrust with vote unlikely in near future. This is interesting to me. The proposed 12-team expansion believed to be near approval is now being met with consternation, he says. Uh, they are, there are people that are super pissed about the Texas-Oklahoma thing, and they think the SEC is trying to take advantage of this situation. Now, there are some people that believe that they just don't want ESPN to be able to control this thing forever. They think one entity having that much power is bad for the sport. And we tend to agree. But I I don't understand. Like, there's one source says, I think we go back to square zero and start over, said one source intimately involved in the expansion process. I don't see 12 there. I, there are people that think that 12 is bad. Uh, there's a... The consternation has risen to the point that two high-profile sources involved in the process tell CBS Sports they support expansion at a number smaller than the proposed 12 teams, perhaps as few as eight. So all that mess from this summer is just up in smoke because we, right. now we have no idea what we're expanding to. Does it not seem like it would make a lot more sense for these other conferences to, because they have to have a unanimous vote on this. 
And that vote is done by 11 FBS uh, presidents and chancellors. That's who makes up this board. Now, I don't know exactly who it is that actually votes on it, but you have to have a unanimous decision here. More people are going to want more opportunities to get into this thing. You cut this thing down to eight where you've only got two at-larges, even then, maybe it's all at-large, and then you're keeping other conferences out. I'm, I'm a little shocked that they would decide to reel this thing back in just so that the SEC does not get this magical number of like five or six teams in every year that they seem to think is going to get there. We don't believe that would happen anyway. Give me, give me your thoughts here. Yeah, I'm the same way. I, I think this is people betting against their best interest. I don't think it's wise. I don't think it's smart. And listen, I, I'm a guy who's done many, many, many things that didn't benefit me out of spite. Okay. So, so I understand that and I respect it. This is not one of those situations where I think I would have drawn a line in the sand and I would say, I'm going to bet against, I'm going to vote against my best interest just to get ESPN out. Now, I do agree. So here's the deal. If they do this, if they put the block on it just to get us to open the bid up, and when the bid is opened, three or four different networks now have a piece of the NCAA, uh, not NCAA, the college football playoff, and then they say, okay, now we're good, then I'm fine. Yeah. But I need to see what actually happens because if it's against the, the uh, ESPN controlling it all, I totally understand that because I don't believe that's in the best interest of the sport. I don't believe that's in the best interest of all the comp, uh, uh, the, the, the uh, um, Jesus uh, conferences. Yes. I, I don't, I don't think that that's, that's the right thing to do. So if you're doing it just to block that, so, and we, and you know, like I said, once their contract is up, we open this thing. And if they have a piece of it, even if they have a large piece of it and they pay for it, that's fine. Yeah. But if they're able to somehow whittle their way in without, you know, having to really bid against anyone else, then then I'm not okay with that. I'm on the side of the people blocking it. If they legitimately do not like the number 12, then they're fools. And they're just, like I said, they're voting against their own interest. And that is something I can't understand or explain. I, I agree with you. Um, the board will meet on the 28th. Uh, Bill Hancock told CBS Sports, he's the CFP executive director, he said it'll be up to them to decide what action to take, if any. And then eyebrows were raised on Tuesday when Iowa Athletic Director Gary Barta said it was his understanding that the 12-team proposal would be voted in September. Uh, he said that proposal has not been voted on yet. Uh, when he was speaking with reporters, he said, my understanding is it will happen in September. That's number one, just a quick update. Um, and then another person said that the voting is actually highly unlikely don't believe that's accurate who knows what to believe at this point there's people that just don't know exactly what's going to happen when they meet in september so maybe we have more information towards the end of this month but more than likely this thing is just shelved until the csbs contract is up and that's after the 2025 season so so the expansion stuff likely to slow down here uh at least for the playoff but that moves us into the Big 12 where playoff talks are, or not playoff, expansion talks are picking up uh, rather quickly. The Athletic is reporting that BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston are going to be the four that the Big 12 goes after. And if they do that, that is going to completely gut the AAC. So I'm hopeful yeah. it doesn't happen, but I also understand Um Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston are members of the American Athletic Conference. It requires 27 months' notice and a $10 million penalty for departing members. So if they are going to do this... Somebody's going to come up with $30 million. Yes, and and Houston, uh, Fertitta, like, he'll be able to figure this out. So that, that won't be an issue, I don't believe. But um, the 27 months' notice, like they kind of need to figure out, okay, when... Are we going to let Texas and Oklahoma leave? When will that actually happen? And and I'm betting that they can come up with some kind of a deal at the end of this season and say, okay, in two years or whatever. My my best bet at this point is that it will be 2023 when Texas and Oklahoma join 
So is that going to leave one season where they do not get to, where they've only got eight teams and the AAC just stays packed? Because remember, Maryland did this. They announced they were leaving back in like 2011 and it was 2014 before they played in the Big Ten. So I'm curious how this is all going to work timeline wise, right? Well, I mean that's how that's how these contracts work, though. So I don't I don't worry about that. I wouldn't if I'm the Big Twelve. I don't let I don't let Texas or Oklahoma out one second earlier than I have to. I mean, because yes, every year they're there, you're you're getting far more money for all of the games that the Big Twelve would normally not get. So you either make ESPN pay you, or you make Texas and Oklahoma pay you to get the hell out early. Or you sit and you collect those checks as long as they're willing to stay. I wouldn't negotiate. I wouldn't take one cent less. If they owe me $125 million, I wouldn't take $124 million and and 99 cents. I wouldn't take it. Yeah, I wouldn't give them one break. Now, there was a little talk about Houston, and we actually talked about this on the show before, where, you know, the the Fertitta brother, that, that handles this, and I forget which one it is, the UFC guy, the guy that handles all that, yep. he seemed to ruffle some feathers with the Big 12 in the past. And they have basically come together and said, you know what, uh, it will be best for us to put politics aside and bring Houston in as a member if we are going to maintain this Big 12 conference, if we're going to maintain a Power 5 status. And I kind of tend to agree. Like I thought it might oh, no. make I thought it might make more sense for Memphis to come in instead of Houston because you've already got a Texas footprint. But you don't care about that. I Listen, think you don't. I, I want Memphis to be in because I love Memphis and because we're here. And I would love to see TCU come to Liberty Bowl. I would love to see these other schools come to Memphis and me not have to leave my house to go watch them play. But at the same time, the value of the alumni base. And the fan base of Memphis is a fraction of Houston. It, that, if you're just looking at the truth of the matter and, and, we're, and we're taking you know our biases off, Houston's just far more valuable. They just are. Absolutely. The, the only benefit you get of getting Memphis is you get balls deep in the SEC recruiting country. But I think once you get into Florida, you're fine. You don't. It, it doesn't. It, what you get in Memphis is so small compared to what you're going to get in Florida, and so. I, I think you're okay taking the more valuable program, um, you know, in, in that trade, which I hate because that 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 means Memphis just becomes another also ran. I mean, they're just a nobody. Yeah, it it becomes a problem because at that point, does the AAC try and stay together and bring up like App State and yeah, somebody well, else? So what like has that? to happen is the best of the Sun Belt, the best of the AAC, and I even think you you jump on airplanes and you get the best of the Mountain West. And you try to form a twelve-team conference of the, and then you you now really are slaughtering the bottom feeders, the 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 small schools. You're really killing them. Yeah. If you can't compete, I, I take Conference USA. Some, I mean, I'm literally going and getting the top-tier teams of basically the four remaining G5 conferences and trying to put a conference together that maybe once or twice in a blue moon can can show up and 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 make make some noise. And I'll tell you this, that will have television value, no doubt. Because while they won't have a Clemson or an Alabama or an LSU, they won't have a big, big, big fish, people will, somebody will pay money to get those games on TV. If you have 12 teams and one of the worst teams, it will be a UAB or a Memphis some years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you can go out and get the the premier talent, from the rest of the G5 and somehow form, uh, you know, one 12 team conference. And that means Memphis is going to have to go. South Florida is going to have to play Boise. That's just going to have to happen. Yeah. But look, they all drive, uh, fly pri- uh, private jets, charter jets. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So hop on a plane and, and get the best games you can get, get the best contract you can get for yourself and be damned with the rest of it. I agree. I agree. All right, we'll move off of that. I do want to bring up interesting headline that I saw, and you will get a kick out of this. Uh, it said, Cowboys claim ex-Panthers quarterback as potential number two, which is really sneaky what they tried to do there because yeah. it's not Cam Newton, 
this would be one Will Greer. Uh, we talked about how bad the Dallas quarterback room was. They uh, they did cut Gabbert, not Gabbert. Who was it? Somebody else. They cut somebody. I have no idea. I've, I've, I've paid zero attention to. I'm going to tell you this. HBO is getting screwed in in the in their new Hard Knocks deal. It, I've, if really? any team was going to be entertained, have you watched any of it? I, I have not watched a single okay bit of it. All right, well then that's why you think what you think. It's yeah. awful. It's it's unwatched for somebody who loves football. And I watch. I have never missed a Hard Knocks. I'm I'm kind of done. I'm. It's bad. They did an entire episode where four to six minutes they were messing with the guy's contact lens. Like this is the level of content they're getting from these teams, and I think we're getting to a point where it's just they're not getting the access because I still think we have the storylines that we've always had. We're just not getting the access. There was also an episode. God, this might have been recent. Um, where like uh. We don't have enough Micah Parsons in there, and, and and we have you know none of this guy, and so like Vander Ash goes to Parsons' house, and they play Connect Four, like, <laughs> and that's what we're like. We're done. I'm done. Did, did Jerry done. Jones just not allow them to to record anything? I, well, I don't. Not I have no anything? idea. I, I'm going to tell you, if you ever wanted to get the Patriots, that last year was your chance because there are certain rules. You can't have a new head coach. And you have to miss the playoffs. I don't know how long it's going to be before you're going to be able to get Bill again. And it could have been a thing where we don't want Bill because we don't think they're going to be good on TV and he's not going to give us enough access. Well, what, I don't know what you got with the Cowboys, but that was garbage. Yeah. And, if, and I'm guessing they assumed Cowboys bring a cachet name. I would have gone to Jacksonville because you got a dumb dumb running that place that loves the camera and he'll tell you anything. Just go ask the union reps. He's not afraid to say shit. Okay, I can understand this. It, it kind of makes me want. But anyway, watch it neither now. neither here nor there. It's awful to watch. But with that being said, I, I don't care anything about the Cowboys. Yeah. If Dak Prescott is healthy, they are going to be fun and they are going to be they're going to be good. Because I, I, I believe Dak's that good. I do think if Will Dak Greer not, can be fun. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I need to see it. I I liked Will Greer. I was high on Will Greer uh, coming out of college. I, I I think I was wrong there. And if Dak is not there, I don't want to watch one second of the count. I hope all these teams that got them on prime time can flex out of them because it's going to be bad. I can I can imagine that. It was Garrett Gilbert, not uh, Gabbard. I was thinking about Miami of Ohio's uh, quarterback. But, uh, but, yeah, it's Garrett Gilbert that was cut. Uh, ben DiNucci was released, but then he was signed back to the practice squad. Cooper Rush is the only signal caller behind Dak. And now, of course, we've got Will Greer. I did find it funny that they used the Cowboys claim ex-Panthers uh, quarterback as potential number two. And I was like, man, well, that's that just, is... This is just, we've reached a new low when it comes to headline writing. Oh, yeah, I mean, the, just... the clickbait stuff is... I mean, it, it did its job. I mean, it gets people to click, but just ridiculous. And finally, last news topic before we get into some college football, uh, I guess, pick them that we'll say. We, we picked some different games in this one that will we'll go down. Tim Tebow has got a new job at ESPN. Now, he is still hosting on Saturday mornings on the SEC Network. That's standard. But his next media move is going to be, he's going to be on first take with Stephen A. Smith every Friday. Uh, it says, the press release says, every week will culminate on Friday with Heisman Trophy winner and SEC Network analyst Tim Tebow and Stephen A. Smith debating all things college football heading into Saturdays throughout the season. In addition, First Take will also continue to regularly welcome signature celebrity guests from across sports and entertainment to the show. They've got Michael Irvin coming in on Mondays. And now they've got Tebow They're on Friday. They're going to rotate different guys in. That's the plan. That's the plan. So it says, uh, this new format will pair Smith with new voices and perspective every uh, every day of the week who will challenge him on their specific area of expertise in a completely new way, says Antoine Lewis, senior coordinating producer for First Take. Uh, Stephen A., Molly, and a lineup of A-list guests will definitely continue to provide fans with all they've come to expect from First Take and more. We're excited to get going. So Max Kellerman's last day was September 1st, uh, a couple of days ago, and I think that Stephen A. and Tebow will be hard to watch. I think it's going to be difficult. Yeah, I agree. I think Tebow is really good on TV. 
But let me tell you what he's not going to be good at. Tebow is not going to criticize anybody at all. So you're putting like the nicest guy in the world on TV in a job where his job is to debate. His only job is to debate someone who has no problems crushing folks when it needs to be crushed. And I don't think Stephen A's a joke. I don't think Stephen A's a hack. I think Stephen A's pretty good at what he does. It, you know, he, he has strong opinions. I don't know that I've ever had Tebow have any strong opinion on anything except for his faith. Yep. That's it. And at some point in time, if he's going to go up there and he's just going to say every team is great, every team is well coached, every team deserves to win, then it's going to be awful and it's going to be unwatchable. Now, is it a good move by ESPN? Yeah, because we've talked about it before. I think they're dying to get the conservative viewer back. And Tebow moves the needle. Oh, yes. Very my, much my, so. My problem is, is if you put him on a show where he's bad, does that move the needle? I don't think so. I mean, First Take does have a, a rather sizable audience, but, yeah. but are they going to stick around? And I do not know the answer to that. I have no idea because I, I just think that Stephen A. will will absolutely eat him alive in these debates. I just I don't know that I've ever seen Tebow really debate anybody. You know, he and, and uh, uh, Marcus Spears used to get into debates, but it, it felt so, one, it was one-sided. Two, it, it felt a little bit staged, usually. Like, Tebow had to be told, like, hey, you have to take this other side. I wonder how staged this is going to feel every Friday. I'm, I'm going to have to watch some of it. Taking taking a side is one thing. Actually taking a stand on things is another. Agreed. What I see him doing is, is, is Stephen A is going to crush someone, and he's going to take the other side by defending and propping up that person or that team. And this is what we're going to get. That's not over necessarily definitively disagreeing. That's not taking that team. It's you know, in, in the Ohio State, you know, Minnesota game, it's Stephen A just saying Minnesota's going to get destroyed and they have no chance, and it's going to be Tebow saying nice things about Minnesota, and then that's that's going to be the debate. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I, I wonder if this will be them breaking down games heading into the weekend, and and that's the way it rolls. So I don't know what to expect a whole lot other than what you just said, and we'll see if maybe they try and, and do something a little different, paint Tebow in a different light. But uh, but this is going to be interesting. Interesting to see. So, I mean, good on Tebow for getting a, another gig because I think Well, there was no good. doubt ESPN was going to get him on TV. That's a, that's just a smart move. Yeah. I, I would put him on a studio show. I just think... He's better in the studio. He's, he's so much better. But all Saturday, and maybe he doesn't want to do that. Maybe he doesn't want to live his entire Saturday afternoon in ESPN's office somewhere. But I would, you know how they go back to the studio when they've had the same, excuse me, they've had the same like two or three guys that kind of rotate in and out of that place forever. Um, Joey Galloway has done it for a long time. Like just different dudes have kind of sat in those spots. I would have him do that, but he doesn't want to move to Bristol or or live every Saturday of his life in Bristol. So that's probably not happening. Yeah, and I mean Saturday morning he's going to be on the road with the SEC Network anyway. So, but what I'm saying is, is he's more valuable in that other spot in the studio than he is on game or whatever SEC's version of game day. SEC is. Nation, I think. Yeah, yeah. But because that studio show, they're going to you at halftime of every game ESPN is doing. So, yeah. so you got you got basically like nine hours of Tebow instead of two hours before kickoff that nobody's watching because everybody's watching game day. True. This is true. This is true. You ready to get in college football? Come on. Let's do it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. College football week one against the spread. We are doing pick 'em right here. Chris and I are going to discuss some games that uh, I did not discuss on the Bet US show. Uh, some I believe he has discussed on SBR, but we will we will rehash some of this stuff, and we will start off this week with the biggest matchup of them all: Clemson and Georgia. Chris, I believe you said on your show that this could be the biggest game of the year, and we get it in week one. And I, I don't know that I can disagree with you. Um, Clemson is a three-point favorite. Odds, of course, provided by BetUS, where the game begins. Again, promo code NCAAF2021. Go ahead and check out the description for the link to check it out. I, I will go ahead and tell you, I'm going to ride Georgia here. This is, these are not official plays, by the way, anything like that. We're, we're going to do a pick them here and talk about the games, kind of break them down a little bit. But I, I like Georgia Whoever was getting points here, I, I was probably going to go with the dog. Um, yep. Because I, I do think, I mean, these teams are very similarly talented. And I, I think this is a breakout year for the Georgia offense. The fact that Clemson's offensive line appears to be having some issues, that scares me a little bit. But I've also, do you hear all this stuff about, like, pot, like availability issues due to COVID? No, I haven't heard any of the COVID stuff. And when, when, I, when I broke it down and made my pick, it, none of that was there. My my issue, it's a little scary betting against Clemson, obviously, all the time. Well, yeah. But I think I think your talent matchup's pretty even. I'm afraid the best coach on the field works for Clemson, and it ain't Dabo. Um, and my my only my only fear is is Kirby has a history of of cocking these games up. Okay, he has a history of sometimes even dominating the football game, like really being in control of it and then saying, hold on, guys, I need to start making some decisions now. So the world knows that I, Kirby Smart, am coaching this football game. And then the other team just capitalizes all over the the decisions that Kirby makes, and then it snowballs on him and he loses. At some point in time, i got to feel like he's going to stop doing that. Maybe there's a coordinator that will just tackle the shit out of him and say no. Or just tell the players, ignore the headset. Like, I, yeah. When I send a play in, you do what I say, and if Kirby starts talking, you just ignore that voice because you know what his voice is. And, and, and you know, it, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I, I'm with you. I picked Georgia in this game simply because I, I like the team with a head start. I think it's going to be a really, really close football game. I think so, too. I, I love the coordinator matchups here, especially Todd Munkin against uh, Brent Venables. I, trying to figure out what's going to go on here is going to be bananas. Uh, Mississippi State last year, 23 carries, 8 yards rushing for Georgia against that that Mississippi State defense. Now, they run a 3-3-5, but could Venables find something to slow down that Georgia running game if they can put pressure on JT Daniels? They can absolutely come up with different ways. I'm curious about the Clemson wide receivers. I, I think that they have an advantage over that Georgia secondary right now because they got a, a, some fresh faces and whatnot. But I well, do. I mean, but hell, now Georgia's Georgia's secondary. I mean, uh, receivers are are. And there's a lot that a are lot. banged up and whatnot. But they they They're got missing some, a lot. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I I I do think that Georgia is going to be the better team this year. Uh, I will say that. So I'm going to ride with Georgia in this spot. Now, LSU, UCLA, and who boy, um, 
I I got to tell you, I, I watching the game, watching UCLA and Hawaii the other night, I got even more convinced that LSU was going to win this game and, and maybe win it going away. Because the dominating part of UCLA's game was their uh, their line play, right? Defensive line held Hawaii like 21 yards rushing, I believe, on 26 carries. I may have that back, but either way, or backwards. Um, the offensive line dominated. Hawaii was able to run, or excuse me, UCLA was able to run all over Hawaii. They're not going to be able to do that against LSU. Like, I don't care how you line it up. You are not going to be able to do that against LSU. Now, I am a little worried about the distractions and whatnot LSU had to uh, set up base in Houston this week. I don't think it matters when it comes to game time because I don't think they're going to be thinking about anything else other than beating the guy across from them. I do feel pretty good about LSU in this spot. I think that they'll get more out of the passing game than what Hawaii did. I think they'll definitely get more out of the running game. And if UCLA can't throw, remember Dorian Thompson-Robinson was not good throwing the Against football. Against Hawaii at all. Now, yeah. some of that some of that I worry. All right, because they the didn't passes. have to be, right? Didn't have to. Why would you have thrown when you don't have to? Because against LSU, you're going to have to, and you're going to have all the chances in the world. Doesn't mean you can. Um, also, we have to remember, we think of guys like Chip Kelly, Gus Malzahn. We think of these guys, and we think, oh, they just want to throw the football, throw the football, throw the football, because they go fast, and they have high-powered offenses. But think about the offenses that they've ran throughout history. It all goes through the running game. And so if they can run the ball on you, they never stop running the ball on you. Yeah. Now, against LSU, they're going to have to throw the football. The difference is, is I I think DTR is a good quarterback, and I think he can throw. This is going to be the best secondary he plays all year. If they can get their heads out of their ass and play right and not like they played last year, those windows are going to be tight, and he's going to have to make some hell of throws. I don't think the cornerbacks are going to be left on islands this year, and I think that will no, certainly surely not, right? Yeah. Surely not. Right? <laughs> not not after last year. So we we will see what happens, but I, I do feel good about LSU minus three. You're riding the same way, right? Yes, I think. I was nervous about this game all week, even all offseason, but I just, I just came to an epiphany the other night. SEC team, big boy SEC teams, beat the hell out of Pac-10 teams, or Pac-12 teams. It just doesn't matter. We're yeah. bigger, we're stronger, we're faster, we're better coached. There's not a level of the game where they're better than us. I shouldn't be worried. I think we're going to win. I think we're going to win in a route. I also think UCLA is going to be a massive public play because we saw UCLA beat the hell out of them. And if you look at where the money went early, everybody's remembering LSU 5-5, five and five, terrible at football last year, laughing stock of the SEC and they're seeing the Bruins on the way up. This is what people always remember as the last thing they saw. Yes. Yes. The public gambler remembers what they just saw. They haven't seen LSU yet. That's the way it's going to go. San Jose. No, sorry. Notre Dame. Notre (laughs) Dame. That's the way we're going. Notre Dame, seven and a half point favorite on Sunday against Florida State. Now, I I put this a little early in the pick because it's Notre Dame and it's Florida State. And there's a lot of love on Florida State right now. There was a ton of action because this line opened up around 9. It got bet up quickly to like 10, 10 and a half. Came all the way back down. Now we're sitting at 7 and a half. Uh, Jack Cohn is the quarterback for Notre Dame. Florida State, however, we have not figured out exactly what they're going to do. It sounds like Jordan Travis actually won that job over McKenzie Milton. And that tells me that Milton has not come back fully from his surgeries and whatnot. And that's why I liked Florida State so much. Um, have they announced a, a starter for this? Have you seen it? No, no, and the, and I don't think they're going to, by the way. And, and I'll tell you this. If I'm Mike Norvell, I'm not going to either. I fully understand why these coaches do it. It pisses me off. It makes it, I mean, you know, it makes it hard for me to talk about the game, to prep, and, 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 to, and to be ready, but... I wouldn't do it if I was a coach. Yeah, the Tallahassee Democrat said uh, resolution of Florida State's quarterback battle won't be announced until game day. And and that makes sense. So it's um I, I will tell you this. I I think if Jordan Travis is the quarterback, Florida State is not going to be able to throw the football. Because I I saw him last year and unless he has made dramatic improvements, and I understand Florida State has brought in transfers, they have upgraded the roster. 
all of this good stuff, right? I get all of it. But if they can't throw the football on Notre Dame, they are not going to be able to run it. No, I don't think they'll run the football on them. So I'm, I will take Notre Dame minus seven and a half here because it, I don't think Florida State can throw the football. I'm with you. I, 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 I like Notre Dame in this game. I think Notre Dame is getting to – they're not Alabama. They're not Clemson. They're not Ohio State. I'm not asking them to be. Okay, They're getting to that point where they lose guys to the NFL. For the last five years, they've put the best offensive lineman in the draft in the NFL. And every year we say, oh, that offensive line is going to struggle. Well, guess what? The next year, they're still the best offensive line in college football, or they're in the top three or five or whatever. I, they're just at that point where I'm not worried about some of the positions that they lose. They lost a bunch of tight ends. Guess what? I bet whoever's playing tight end for them is really athletic and can catch football. Like, I just I just assume that that's where Brian Kelly's got in this program. Nobody trusts Jack Cohn because we didn't see Jack Cohn do much of shit while he yeah. was at Wisconsin. Guess what? Brian Kelly wasn't his coach at Wisconsin. Okay, and and I mean that with as much disrespect as I can to Paul Chris. <laughs> they're not the same. Okay, they're just not. You got one guy that might be the seventh or eighth best offensive coach in the Big Ten, and the other guy might be the third or fifth best offensive mind in all of college football. Big difference. Yes. Yes. I just, just try, but hang on, I could be way wrong. Jack Cohn could just be another dude, and and and, and Notre Dame looked terrible. But I just have gotten to a point where I trust Brian Kelly. And if it burns me this year, then it burns me. And it's going to burn me in this game. But I like I, I like the, the Irish. Don't don't forget, Notre Dame also has uh, Tyler Buckner, who I, I think will end up being the quarterback eventually. It, it may not even be well, this, year. this year. No, I don't. I don't, but, I don't think Cone's going to be bad enough to lose his job. I think we're going to see not the be. best Cone we've ever seen. Yeah, I think, I think you might be right about that. I think you might be right. So we're, I've seen good coaches take – players that nobody thought were very good and turn them into really good players and I'll be damned. Yep. It happened to be the coach. Yep, you are correct about that. So, now we did we did see a Wisconsin quarterback uh leave and transfer to another school in the past. That was Alex Hornibrook and he didn't even start for Florida State. So, so okay. who knows, but I I do think this situation is different and yes. and we are both riding Notre Dame minus seven and a half, even with the hook. Uh, we we like them. I, I like Notre Dame by double digits here. Next up, San Jose State and USC. Now, we have not differed on a single pick thus far. We are into game four now. USC, a 14-point favorite. Again, reminder, the odds are provided by BetUS, where the game begins. There's a link in the description. Use the promo code NCAAF2021 to get a 125% deposit bonus. Let's, let's talk about this. Um, you and I have discussed a theory after we saw Hawaii get absolutely blasted by UCLA, we realized that Hawaii had not played a P5 team in two years. Right. This is another Mountain West team going up against a Pac-12 team. USC is even more talented than UCLA is. Correct. I wonder, right? Because this line was at 15 and a half, and then everybody saw Nick Starkle and that San Jose State offense come out and absolutely blast Southern Utah who was like a 40-something point under the hug to uh, Arizona State this week. But I I love San Jose State. I love Brett Brennan. I, uh, Brent Brennan, excuse me. I, I think everything about what they did last season was awesome. And I think USC might absolutely skull drag them this weekend. <laughs> I'm, I'm all over USC minus 14 because it's a it, it just the talent differential is there. Now, Clay Helton had a bunch of close games last year against teams that he had no business letting letting stay in the game. But I, I do think if if the talent discrepancy is that big and USC comes out with their hair on fire, they could absolutely cover this 14. It won't even be close. I don't I think that this could be a three touchdown kind of game. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. I, I think the same thing. We we see this the same. I, and this is not a knock on San Jose State. I think there's a world where USC is really that good. I think there's a world where after this year, there's a lot of folks apologizing to Clay Elton. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree. Now, I do think that they can absolutely be beaten in conference, right? Utah, UCLA, uh, I'm not Oregon, saying they can't. et cetera. Like, I, I think they can absolutely be beaten, but I do think that they are still a really good football team. They are well coached. Like, they're not. I don't have them. Yeah, I don't yeah. have them going undefeated. But if they finish this season undefeated, it wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me either. 
it wouldn't shock me either. So I'm I'm gonna ride USC here and and we'll see what happens. So that's uh that's four where we we completely agree. And it, here's here's the issue with us doing a show together for like six years already is we start to see things the same way. Um, I don't know about that. No, I think when we agree, we agree. We have no problems disagreeing. We agreed. just don't agree on any yeah. of these games. Correct. And if and we I, pick some other games, we probably would have disagreed a lot. We got three more, so let's let's see what we got here. Okay. Okay. Louisiana and Texas. Texas is an eight and a half point favorite here, and this is going back to that same theory, right? Now Louisiana absolutely hammered, hammered Iowa State last year in their opening game. And Iowa State, of course, went on to uh, play in the Big 12 title game, won the Fiesta Bowl. They beat up on Oregon, all that good stuff. Texas, I the matchup that I am looking at here is the offensive line for Louisiana against the defensive line for Texas. And Texas is gargantuan. I There's a lot of people that are all over Louisiana. They think Billy Napier is going to win this game, all this good stuff. I don't think Louisiana is going to be able to run the ball and Levi Lewis is not a great passing quarterback. I I got a lot of faith in Hudson Card. Like I'm riding the favorite. I'm riding Texas here, and I, I think they win by double digits at home because I, I trust Steve Sarkeesian to be able to put together a game plan to win this. And he understands. Like you have the better players. You are at home. This is a a Sun Belt team that you should beat, and it will be embarrassing in your first loss. You don't want to repeat what Tom Herman did. I, I'm i on Texas here. I like Texas minus the eight and a half. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of big on this one. Now, do I trust them enough to, to make it an official play over at bet us? No, but, but I do like Texas in the spot. I think they've got a, a big time advantage uh, at the line of scrimmage. Well, I made this an official play in my bet. Okay. I like Louisiana. I like Billy Napier. I think I got the better, um, uh, uh, coach football team. I think I've got the more experienced team. Yeah. I, I also have another coach on the other side that understands there's a level of desperation here. And this is what I like about Louisiana is I actually got a little on the money line, but that don't matter. If you've got eight and a half or nine and a half, you can get it some places. I'm, I'm telling you, it, Texas just wants to get out of this game with a win. All right. Would they love to beat the hell out of him and make all his boosters happy by, by, by you know, covering a line for him? Sure. But he just wants a W, okay? He just wants to get off on the right foot. And I think this is going to be one of the hardest-fought games Texas is going to have all year long. I, oh, really I, I agree that. with that. I, I do I agree. really, It'll really be believe fought. that. Um, I do think, like, for me, I think there's such a big advantage at the line of scrimmage that Texas will be able to, to run a lot of things that – Texas has a big advantage at the line of scrimmage all the time against hey, people right. all the time. And guess what? They lose a lot of those games. This is true. This is true. All right, so we can dive off of that one. We got two more games. Fresno State at Oregon. Now, the Ducks have got a massive game coming up next week. They are playing at the Horseshoe, and it's an early game for them. This situation was supposed to be a pretty easy win, but Fresno State last week just hammered UConn 45 to nothing. This line sits at Oregon minus 21. It's actually gone up. It was 20 just a couple of days ago, and it's now moved all the way up to 21. A lot of love for the Ducks here. I do think they are the significantly more talented team. But you got Oregon in a bit of a look-ahead spot. I like Jake Hayner. I like what Kalen DeVore is doing. I don't trust. I've said it all offseason. I do not trust the Oregon secondary. And I think Fresno's got some weapons, man. Like, Ronnie Rivers can catch passes out of the backfield. He's a great running back as well. I think that the the DeBoer kind of spread offense that he runs, where he's going he's gonna to find space for his guys to get out there and make some moves. I, I like Fresno to keep this within the three touchdowns here. I, I think Oregon is a much better team, but I also think, like, Oregon is looking at that game against Ohio State as that's the one that we got to get. And they may not be paying all the attention that they need to to Fresno State. What uh? What do you say? So I don't have an opinion on this game one way or the other. I'm gonna make a pick because we're making a pick here. But I, I really, I haven't talked about it at all up till now because I don't, I don't have a feeling. If you told me who, I, who do I got to pick? I'm gonna go with the same consistency that I've been. I think the bigger, stronger, faster, better coach football teams are gonna win. 
Oregon's bigger, Oregon's stronger, Oregon's faster. People are killing their secondary. Listen, their secondary is not great in comparison to the best offenses in football. But do we really think Fresno State's got the best offense in football just because they beat the hell out of UConn? No. I made more money last week on one game than I have in a long, long time just betting against UConn. I bet against the team total. I bet against the first half. I bet against the second half. I bet against them, you know, for the, for the whole game. You just play against UConn blindly, and you're just going to print tickets all year long. Yes, yes. Because Fresno did that, I'm still sticking with the – the better team, bigger, stronger, better coached, is going to win, going to cover. There's a reason this number went up. You know, I, I think the books know that that Oregon's big and Oregon's strong, and Oregon has playoff aspirations, all right? And they're not going to overlook somebody if they've got playoff aspirations. They know they can lose the uh, Ohio State game and still make the playoff. They They need to beat the hell out of everybody else. Yeah, yeah, you you could be right about that. I don't disagree that Oregon is is in the playoff conversation, um, but I do wonder about this one because I think that I think Fresno can make them uncomfortable, and this seems like one of those games that Fresno would be circling. It kind of goes against my theory, you know, that that we just talked about. Um, but yeah, I I think Fresno has got a few tricks up their sleeve that they will try in this game, and I think they'll keep it closer. But you are rolling minus twenty one. So, we finally have two disagreements. Let's see what we end up with on our last game here before we get out of here and head into the weekend. And we are going to ride Texas Tech minus two against Houston. And this is a, a neutral sider. And uh, and honestly, I don't remember even where the game is being played. Do you remember? It's being played at Houston. Is it at being Houston? Played at, not at Houston. No, it's at, it's at the Texans uh, Stadium. Oh, NRG. Yeah, whatever it's called. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um. Texas Tech, again, two-point favorite here. Matt Wells needs good things to happen, right? And I also think that Dana Holgerson does as well. Um, the quarterback tune for Houston has not been great over the last however many years, but he is now a veteran. He is rocking and rolling. And Houston, I mean, there are big expectations from them this season. The fact that they are an underdog to Texas Tech kind of surprised me a little bit with as bad as Texas Tech has been. But I'm, I'm going to tell you a matchup to look out for, okay? The Texas Tech wide receivers, all of them are like 6'3", 6'4", 6'5". They got a 6'6", dude out there. Like, they are ridiculous. Tyler Shuck, the quarterback from Oregon last year, transferred in. He has won the starting job with the Red Raiders. I kind of like Texas Tech here because of the desperation mode. I have to see Houston actually play really well before I'm just... Because I, I took the over on Houston, but I, I need to see it. I need to believe it because the last two years have been dreadful for them. Matt Wells has been in some games. He has lost some one-score games that that they had a real shot of winning, right? Texas last year in like triple overtime. Um, they've, they've been in some, some tight games, and he really needs this one. Like, I, I can go ahead and, and write his check that he is leaving if they lose this game. And and I think I'm going to ride with them. I'm riding with Texas Tech minus two in this spot. You can bet on a dead man walking. I will not. <laughs> I'm going to bet on Hogo, okay? I'm going to bet on the better coach. I think they're the better football team. I think the wrong team is favored here. Yes, you're betting on a team that's desperate. And Houston's not desperate. True, true. You know who, you know who brings the lady home for the bar? The guy that's not desperate. That's right. true. The guy that's got he walks confidence. in, yeah. He walks in, he pounds his drink, and he walks out. Right. Well, that is something that uh, that Holgerson is known for. Uh, There's no doubt. I mean, the There's skullet, no the gambling, the Red Bulls. The, hey, I'm I understand Red Bull and vodka. Like, let's go, Dana Holgerson. I think they're the better football team. Yeah, just, you might I be right. Do. You might be right. I, I know Texas Tech brought in a bunch of transfers. Like, they seem to shore up their defense a little bit. I I think I'm, they're trying. Yeah. I think they're trying a lot of things, but that's that's the mark of this team that's desperate. They got no choice. They got to throw everything they can at the wall and hope something sticks. Dana, it's taken him a while to get this football team into his image. True. Okay. We're now we're now at the point where this should be the best Dana team he's had so far. They they do have a lot of talent, a lot of skill talent. Um, we'll see what that offense looks like. We'll see what that offense looks like. I, I don't think that Houston's defense 
uh, is going to be able to stop Texas Tech a bunch. Have you had a Dana Holgerson team that had great defense ever? No. There, okay. there were a couple that's, at West Virginia that were that's, okay. That's the, but that's not what he does. Okay. Hey, should, should we be looking at the total here, 64 and a half? No, because there's a world where Texas Tech's offense sucks. Uh, you're not wrong. What, what, is, what does their offense look like in the past? Now, just because Houston's defense is bad, man, this, this Texas Tech team has struggled to score in the past. Uh, th- this is true. Um, they they almost no, I would always... not touch the total for that very reason. Now, there's a world where they combined score 85, okay? Yeah. That could happen. And, and we just blow this total so far out the water, it's not even funny. But if Texas Tech is bad, Houston you don't crush want that. Yeah. yeah, and, and you don't yeah, want if that. Houston total. beats them by forty-five. Then they're not going. They're not going to run it up. They're just going to win the game and get out. Yeah, yeah. You're not wrong about that. You are not wrong about that. All right, that is going to wrap up our pick 'em for the other games. Of course, go over and check out the SBR College Football Show with Chris and our buddy Sam. And you can always check out the Bet US College Football Show with myself and Parker and uh, and Kyle Hunter. Um, links are in the description for those. There are there any topics that have uh, that have popped up that we need to hit? Nope, we got everything. I think we're all good. All right, you guys have been fantastic. We appreciate it very, very much. You watching and spending a little bit of time with us, uh, watching, listening, however, however you consume the content. Go to winningcureseverything.com. Make sure you are subscribed where you need to be subscribed. YouTube and or YouTube and the podcast. So check those out for sure. So, uh, follow us on social media. You know we're both on Twitter. You can find that over on the website or in the description as well. And uh, and don't forget, the show is brought to you by BetUS. You can get a 125% deposit bonus up to $2,500. That is sportsbook exclusive. So it's all money to bet on sports this fall. Go ahead and knock it out. The code is NCAAF2021. And the link is in the description along with the promo code. So go and check that out. Chris, this has been a lot of fun. It's been a good week. I am ready for college football. It is rocking and rolling. So... Everybody take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully, hopefully, all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com, or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online master's of social work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.